After all, there is nothing real outside our perception of reality, is there? Pas te dire ce que tu peux faire pour moi. Tu vas voir, c'est pas compliqué. Tu me parles pas. Tu me poses pas de questions. If you wish to avoid prosecution, I would advise that you comply with our language laws. This is the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the RCMP. That's the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. I'm your host today, Becky Shrimpton. And next up, and finally in our special series on 2019's Hot Docs, I'm talking to Stacey Tenenbaum about her documentary, Pipe Dreams, which is going to be premiering at Hot Docs this April 28th at 3.15 p.m. at the Scotiabank Theatre here in Toronto. For more screening times, as well as more info, make sure to check out the Hot Docs website. If you're not in Toronto, or if you just can't make it to the screening, we still love you. Follow the progress of the film at the Pipe Dreams website. The link for both is going to be posted in the show notes. I am a sucker for a competition documentary, and this one is so well executed. Uh, you're going to stand up and cheer at the end, and then the color is going to need to come back into your knuckles, and then you're going to want to eat a banana. Uh, who knew that competitive pipe organing could be so intense and exciting and hilarious? Uh, the people are fun. They're driven. They're incredible human beings, and it's edited with such great pace. You are not going to want to miss this one. Uh, Stacey Tenen is an Emmy Award-nominated documentarian, and her work tends to center around these character-driven stories that have a ton of charm and heart. Um, I particularly enjoy her documentary Shiners, which is about the world of, you guessed it, Shoe shiners. Uh, she's great at shedding light at these often ignored segments of society. Here's my chat with Stacy. I got to tell you, your doc was my favorite, <laughs> and I don't like to play favorites, but oh man, it's so good. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> no worries. No, it hits like everything I love in like something I know absolutely nothing about. It's a competition documentary. It's absolutely joyous. And everyone in it, you can't help but love and cheer for. It's the best. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, I really wanted everyone to love all of my characters. That was really important to me. And uh, yeah, and I love them. They're great. Okay. Do you have a favorite? You can tell us. Our listeners are very discreet. No, I couldn't possibly have a favorite. <laughs> So just to start out, what's uh, what's your relationship to hot dogs? How did you find out about it? What was your dream to get into it, etc.? Okay, well, I'm Canadian, so I, I mean, we all know about hot dogs. The first time I met the programmers was actually, we have a film festival here in Montreal called RIDM. And so I'd met the Canadian programmer for hot dogs there a few years ago, actually, when I was just developing my first film. And he kind of loved that film. He ended up programming it. And so... I was really hopeful and excited and uh, so thrilled to be uh, asked back to come back for Pipe Dreams. And I got to ask you, okay, how is Pipe Dreams not already a documentary? Because you've got these great personalities. You have incredible cinematography because you have gorgeous architecture because you're in these amazing churches and all over the world. The music is like big and raucous and built for the theater. Like, why wasn't this a thing before? I think people just like really uh, have a little bit of a prejudice against organ music, <laughs> probably from their church and in you know these uh, you know with people who might not be the best organists in the world or you know just I don't know I think people have bad associations with organ music and that's kind of what I wanted to turn around because it's such a cool instrument and I also think seeing it played is like really key so usually when you're in church you don't see the organist but the first time I saw someone playing it I was just like oh my lord like how does anybody ever learn how to do this because it's so complicated and it takes so much dexterity so I was like just kind of blown away by that. Yeah, but it is definitely a movie that's made to be seen in theaters. That's why 
I hope that audiences come out and see it on the big screen uh, with the great, amazing sound and, and, and all of the sort of glorious architecture, as you say. It's really, it's really a delight, yeah. And I'm not going to lie, I actually will probably come see it in theaters. I've already watched the screener, and then my boyfriend got mad at me because I have to watch a lot of movies for this podcast, and so I don't always like, you know, run by him, what do you want to see? And I was telling a friend about this one because I was like, I want to see this in the theater because it's great. And he's like, so this relationship is now over because you didn't tell me about this dog. <laughs> You have to go to the theater. We actually filmed with uh, special microphones in the in the churches so that it has like a 360 surround sound. So we, I really wanted to recreate the experience of being in the church. So uh, in a theater, it should have really big, beautiful sound. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm so excited. And I, I got to ask you, so obviously you have a relationship to organs in the church. Uh, how did you find out that there was a competitive aspect to this? Uh, it's actually, I uh, went to the first time, they had the competition started here in Montreal, which is my hometown, in 2008, and um, we're family friends with the artistic director of the competition, and so he kind of got me and my husband free tickets, and I was like, oh, an organ concert, really? <laughs> yeah, like, we don't want to go to this, uh, and then I went to the first one, and it was so incredible and so I've been going back every year since well every three years because it's held every three years so uh, I've been going back since but I never actually thought to make a documentary film about it which is kind of astounding um, so it was actually my cameraman uh, on my last film that was like hey you know that that competition the organ thing I think it would be cool to make a film about that and I was like oh yeah course. <laughs> so, I don't know why I never twigged onto it, but yeah, so then I had the connections and we ended up getting great access. They were amazing. So that's kind of how it came to be. Well, I'm sure they're just happy for people to know about it. You have so many young people, like everybody's under the age of 30. Yeah, well, that's what really appealed to me because I mean, even the first time I saw it being played, it was like completely against what you expect of the organ. So you usually think it's going to be some old person playing. And so the first thing that struck me was how young they were. And I'm like, what kind of person plays the organ at that age? And like, so that, that piqued my curiosity for sure. And then also the music is not what you'd expect either because like they're playing jazz, they're playing these crazy modern songs. So I think it's, it's really going to be surprising to a lot of people that might have preconceived notions about, you know, what organ music is. So how did you select your participants? I mean, you've got a pretty good selection of people from all over the world. Yeah, I was really, really lucky. <laughs> I have to say it was one of the scariest things making this film because what happens is um, they got uh, they, they get DVDs, uh, CDs of, of the music. So 55 people applied and they chose 20. Um, so out of the 20 people, I had to choose my character. So it was really scary because I didn't have that much, you know, that many people. I had to choose from these 20. So I got really, really, really lucky <laughs> because they're all amazing organists and they're all great characters. And I think what's really cool about the film is they're each one is very different from the other one. So um, I really love that. And I know I just got really lucky, I have to say. And because you have so many of them, and this just speaks to a testament of uh, yourself as a, a filmmaker and your editor, did you do the editing yourself? No, I had a very experienced editor, and we both struggled and puzzled for many months. I bet. <laughs> because, yeah, how do you, first and foremost, how do you figure out what the m most important key aspects of each of these people are so we'll be able to relate to them because there's so many of them and kind of what their dreams and ambitions are? Of course, it's pipe dreams. Um, and then when you actually see them play, figuring out what that's going to look at because there's so many moving parts, especially their faces. 
Yeah, it was really intense. <laughs> I have to say it was, uh, I mean, we had two crews throughout the entire competition. Uh, so that helped. We had uh, two crews going and we, not only that, we were actually filming nine people rather than five. <laughs> so oh, it was kind of a, a crazy thing because I was really worried that it's, it has elimination rounds for people who haven't seen it. The competition has three elimination rounds. So I was very worried that if I only chose five and then like all of them got eliminated in the first round, I wouldn't have much of a film left. <laughs> so, so I ended up filming with more people than I needed. Uh, and then that was a huge whittling down process in the edit suite. Well, especially because, and, and something I, I like about this too, is it's so well-rounded that you not only see them in competition, because I mean, you could have easily just done this just about the competition. Um, mm -hmm. You go back and you see what their home life is like. Uh, you see why they're doing it. And then you also see how they train for it and that they're actually athletes. It's crazy. I mean, that was kind of the big thing that I wanted to do was really spend time with them before. Because I think people, you know, they go to concerts or they go to competitions or even go to, you know, sports events. And they don't see all the work that goes into that performance, right? So I knew right away at the beginning that it was important for me to spend a lot of time with them and to show how long they practice and how much. Like, uh, they're practicing up to 12 hours a day. Like, it's well, 11. 11 was the most. But, you know, regularly 8 hours to 10 hours a day, they'll be practicing organ. Jeez. Jeez. I mean, I'm very impressed by that. I mean, I feel, I always feel like I work hard and I go to the gym and I do all this. Then you see people who are like so devoted to one thing and everything they do just pours into it. Do they do this professionally as well most of the time or is it uh, purely an amateur thing like, like the Olympics? Uh, well, they're they're young, right? Uh, they're all under 35, so um, not all of them have their careers yet. Um, quite a few of them were at uh, music school, so they um, two of them were doing their PhDs here at, in Montreal at McGill, and uh, so a couple. Another one was doing his, uh, I think, his PhD at uh, Eastman School of Music. So. Um, uh, Yuan Shen, the Chinese girl, is actually a teacher, so she's teaching organ. She was the oldest of all of our competitors, so she has a more established. But I think, you know, there is there are jobs in churches, like most of them end up getting church jobs, but they also do recitals, so they can get concert concert gigs <laughs> playing the organ. Like, actually, Thomas, one of the competitors, uh, was actually playing in Notre Dame in Paris this August which is so astounding. So yeah, you can be a concert organist. Is there like bragging rights of churches being like, that's right, we just got the dude who won the AOC. Like, is that how that works? Uh, yeah, I think winning winning a big like a big competition obviously is good for your career. So <laughs> uh, they also get like, they get a recording contract and an agent, like the person who wins the CIOC gets like all of these perks as well. So it is sort of pushing you towards becoming like a professional concert uh, organist. There is such a thing. I know people don't really even know that there are concert organists, but there are. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's everything I love about a documentary. It's just all these things that I'm like, I had no idea that was happening, but it matters so much to these people. And the world is so like, it's small, like everybody clearly knows everybody. They see each other all the time, but that just makes mm -hmm. the stakes higher. And what mm -hmm. I love, and I'm, I hope I'm not giving away too much by the first question you ask and the first thing in the edit is who scares you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they have faced off. I mean, a few of them have faced off against each other multiple times. So uh, they kind of know each other, but it's really friendly. Like I saw no nasty stuff going down. Maybe I just didn't see it, but the people are really collegial. I think because they're such a small community, uh, they really, you know, and they know what everyone else is going through. So they're really nice. They hang out together and they're just really cool and friendly people.
All right, now this I have to ask, and this may be the most important question. When did you realize that bananas were a thing? <laughs> the bananas! I love the bananas so much. Um, so, yeah, that I realized pretty quickly. Before every concert, uh, the organist, uh, especially the organists in North America, actually, uh, end up eating bananas. They'll eat one, two, sometimes three bananas. I had to go on several banana runs for people who forgot their bananas. Uh, it, it's just such a crazy thing. And actually, I'm getting bananas donated by Gamble's Projects in Toronto. And we're going to do a free banana giveaway at the um, screening. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because that was the part where I was just killing myself uh, just because it's first introduced. And then you see people bringing like bunches in. And then there's a competitor at the end who looks like they're going to die as they eat this banana. And they're just so nervous. I call that that the existential banana. (laughs) It's beautiful, and it's such a human moment, and it's like, okay, we're watching people do something incredibly wholesome. It's pipe organing, and of course, they're not heavy drinkers. They're not, you know, shooting up backstage to, like, calm their nerves. They're eating bananas, and it's so wonderful. (laughs) Some of them are kind of heavy drinkers when they're not playing, though. (laughs) (laughs) But not before they go on. That's okay. Organists know how to party, strangely enough. Uh, Why am I not surprised? (laughs) Especially the Germans, right? Uh, The Germans can drink you under the table, but it's really funny because he, uh, the German kid ate chocolate. Of course. uh, And the Asian girl drank green tea and she also ate chocolate. So I think it's like a cultural, it's like a North America, Europe thing. The banana. The banana. I love it. I love it. Cross-border banana. It's beautiful. Now, your previous documentary, Shiners, um, was about shoe shiners across the world. Also, like, a very small microcosm of the of humanity, but also, like, a brotherhood in a way. Um, what compels you to make documentaries about these, like, very specific niche parts of humanity? Oh, well, I mean, I just, the shoe shiners, I always got my shoe shined. I love shoe shiners. I thought they were sort of misunderstood and not respected and so that was partially what made me want to do that film and yeah they are total brotherhood of people Uh, I think that the organists are a little more exclusive in in a way (laughs) but uh, I just find people like that interesting and I like kind of quirky topics and worlds that you might not get to enter that's kind of my thing so (laughs) you're an Errol Morris fan aren't you yes indeed Uh, yeah definitely I'm I, I like quirky i'm a, i'm a wes anderson fan as well i can see that okay and then i gotta ask you um is there a documentary you want to recommend to our listeners uh it can be one that's coming up from uh hot dogs that you're really excited to see uh something else if it's canadian even better oh willie willie is about the first black uh, nhl player um so i'm looking forward to seeing that uh, a couple of the music films i think are really cool i'm definitely going to go see the dog grooming film yes yes that's on my list too <laughs> Um, gosh, I don't know. There's so many. It's such, I mean, the programming is always amazing during this. There's one about miniature worlds, um, someone who does miniature stuff. I forget what it's called. And I actually had an idea to do a film about that. And then I saw it was on Hot Dog Program. So I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> but I'll probably check that one out. Good thing I went with the pipe organs. No one else is yeah, touching that. Exactly. Nobody's going to be doing that. I mean, it's also hard to come up with original ideas, right? So, uh, it's kind of, you know, I guess the niche topics end up being something that other people might not have done, which is kind of fun. But there's also execution and framing. Like, you chose to make a, com- a competition documentary, and so you get those stakes automatically built in, and you get invested in these people, and by the end, you're cheering, and you're super excited, and you're like, I don't know what they're doing, but it's good. <laughs> 
Exactly. Well, I, I have no background in music either, so that was a bit tricky, right? Like, I didn't know when they made mistakes. I'm like, it all sounds beautiful. And uh, I think at the end of the day, it wasn't about did they make mistakes or not. It was kind of about the journey of sort of, you know, being with them through all of this. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, focusing in on the humanity was the best thing you could have done. These people are amazing and wonderful, and I just want to watch them. Oh, that's great! They're all well—they're all going to be at the last screening. Uh, so all uh, four of them, not all of them, because the boy from Germany couldn't come. But the uh, four of the characters will be at the final screening in May. I'm going to have organists at all my screening, but they're kind of really busy and hard to pin down. So I'll have like one or two at each of the screenings, and the final screening on May 3rd, I'll have. All four, because they're actually going to be doing a live organ concert on May 3rd in the evening. Uh, so you can get tickets for that. And if you come to the film, you can get 10% off those uh, live organ concert tickets. Oh, so if you've never seen an organ being played live, uh, it definitely should be a treat. And this is actually the first time that all four of them have seen each other since 2017. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of, they're calling it a piping hot rematch. And uh, I think there will be an audience or an audience vote or something. So it should be a lot of fun. Oh, that sounds absolutely amazing. Um, what do you want people to think about or feel when they leave? What do you want people to take from this? Well, I mean, I, I, first and foremost, I just want them to have fun. I mean, I, there are a lot of serious documentaries, and those are fantastic and so important. But I think it's, it's good to just go to a cinema and have fun and be, you know, cheering for someone and be on the edge of your seat, you know, waiting to find out if they get picked. But also, I hope that people start talking about the organ, like, especially young people. Like, I would love, like, millennials to come see this film and just see, like, what a cool, crazy instrument this is that they knew nothing about because it's, it's just so epic that I think that the organ could actually catch on that's my wildest dream oh that seems like the most hipster thing also is like people just knocking out walls to put organs in (laughs) exactly yeah Uh, and then my last question I ask every one of my guests what do you think Canada needs more of to support its artists oh more of to support its audience artists I mean I I guess Theatrical still lacking. I mean, now we're having the the kind of kind of theater day or whatever. But I think that it would be nice if more uh, you know Canadian films did get into our cinemas and if more people went to see them. I think we have a great system for actually funding. I think it's quite amazing. I hope it doesn't get cut in the coming years. But um, yeah, I think more people coming out and supporting Canadian films would be a huge thing. That's all the questions I have for you, Stacey. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And thanks for loving my film. I'm so thrilled. And hopefully I'll see you at the screen. Yes, please. And all of our listeners too. Okay, thanks. Thanks for listening to the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please remember to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcatcher. It helps people find our podcast and Canadian media they love. Come chat with us at RCM Pod on Facebook or on Twitter at RCM Pod. Our theme song is by Craig Stewart and our show art is by Paul Stachniak. Join us next week for another great film from the wilds of Canadian cinema.